morning. Welcome to Leather and Linnets, episodes 15 and a half for some, if you're keeping track. Mm-hmm. It is February 12th, and yes, it is two days before Valentine's Day. That has nothing to do with our topic at hand, and I'm glad of this. With me, as always, is Miss Penetrable and Paratrix Knox. Miss. <laughs> it makes me sound like I'm, like, 19. I mean, no. that wasn't the intent, but... No, I know. That's why That's why it makes me laugh. <laughs> but I get it. Whenever I hear Miss, I'm like, either I'm a pro or... I'm like, I mean, really okay, young. that's fair if you look at it that way. That's valid. Not that I'm old. I, I realize that also made me sound really old. It's, I'm not old either. But. Only Wayne made the comment about the 15 year old. Otherwise, you were fine. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> only thing, the only thing I like that 15 is scotch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked whiskey and I found that I liked using bed sheets to tie hands, but we won't get into that today. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a whole different convo. Holy hell, bro. Uh, look with consent oh no but anyway hey <laughs> moving on uh, today we are talking <laughs> once again about high protocol as our our primer episode last did not actually have an episode because we were on a short timer for various live events that were more important we by the way how did that go Shh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna own it it's what i mean we got to hit record we got we got very excited i guess I don't well know. I don't we know did you ha- you had a very good reason to be excited for later that day so you know, I, I I'm always excitable. Oh, well, our, but so it's appropriate to the topic, else. so it is. it is. And so, yeah, I've got no problem kicking it off with that, putting high protocol into motion. Um, yes. So, for those of you listening um, that may not have heard the last conversation, <laughs> uh, my household has done high protocol leather dinners uh, quite often. Uh, it's something that obviously we stopped doing through the pandemic and decided to pick back up again. And normally we will host those in our home. So it's, you know, invitation only kind of a deal. Um, and they do tend to be clothed, dominant, naked, submissive. However, this time we elected to have it in a play space. And we went the, the extra mile, so to speak. It was a catered event. So we had actual oh, you went staff. Full on. Look, yeah, we did. Um, it was, you know, there there were RSVPs that were sent out. There were uh, there was a dress code. In the high protocol realm, there are two different types. You can have your high protocol, yes. which is very formal, and then you can have your high protocol leather. And yes. this one, it was made very clear that this was not leather; that it was strictly high protocol, so service for service sake. And the dress code was, you know, men jackets. Um, that kind of a thing. So cocktail or better. Naturally, I had to show up as better. Um, <laughs> of course you did. That's how we roll. Hell yes. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll actually, I don't think I, I don't know if I put pictures in the chat or not. I'll have you, to do that. You didn't hear, but you did in the, I believe you did this in the other channel, so it bothers to look. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, so I ended up wearing a floor length satin gown with a black satin corset, um, hair, makeup, that kind of thing. And folk all had on um, three-piece suits, if not better. And um, the other folks in attendance wore, like, a, a really beautiful, like, satin gown that was, like, a crushed velvet satin. It was really pretty. And the submissives wore um, black slacks and white tops. And they were given some, some leeway with 
what they chose for that so that they could keep okay. in line with their, their house's protocols. Right. Um, and they had to wear shoes, you know, things like that. But yes, we did have an actual caterer. So we had a five course meal that was prepared for us. Um, all in all, there was about 22 people total between oh, nice. dominance eating, the staff, things like that. And it was really nice because the, the caterer that we went with um, is one of those farm-to-table types. Okay. So each course, they were able to come out, explain the meal, explain where it was sourced locally. And um, one of the submissives that was, I would say, kind of like the major domo of the event, um, she had done mocktails since we... Um, the club that we decided to do this in is a dry club, and we wanted to right. honor that with not having alcoholic drinks. Of course. So we did mocktails, and she handcrafted the mocktails for each diner. That's awesome. Um, that was really nice. And then a really beautiful dinner, dessert. Um, it, was just, it, was, it was fucking mind-blowing. And this was the first one of its kind for a lot of the submissives who attended. Okay. So obviously we had to be a little more gracious, you know, with with corrections and stuff like that. Cause there was just a lot of stuff they, they didn't know. Um, but the one faux pas that did not get let go, one of the subs left their cell phone on audible. So that was entertaining. Um, because we were, I think on like course three and a phone starts ringing, um, which was awkward as shit. And then we had somebody that didn't silence their Apple watch, which oh no, <laughs> it happens. It um, does. But other than it's that, the nature of the beast these days. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was a really great group of people. Um, the dominance and attendance, all of us. It was nice. We got to laugh. We got to joke. We got to relax. We got to enjoy subs giving service, pure service. Um, got to be spoiled a little bit too. Plus, it was just nice to be at a dinner table with fellow dominance and not have to necessarily coach your speech and and things like that to be. A little more cognizant of the submissive perspective, right? Um, so it was it was relaxing, and it was it was a nice total about a five hour event, a little bit longer for us that had to get there beforehand to actually do setup and stuff like that. Right. But it was about a five hour event from start to finish. See, but that that kind of formality, and I don't just mean the protocol itself, but that level of formality in a protocol dinner with you know the three piece suits and the nicely dressed and. I personally find that sexy as fuck when it's done right. It requires a shit ton of work from everybody involved to get there, get prepped, get running. But god damn, is it good to watch. Even if you're not participating. It's a hell of mm -hmm. an event, always. And I'm so happy for y'all that y'all got to pull one off. Me too. And I, the next time we do it, I do want it to be more leather focused and do a leather high protocol um, so that everybody's showing up in their leathers um, with a focus on that. Um, because the other thing, too, with high protocol dinners, there's not typically any play. There's, like, overt play. Right. Um, there, I'm sorry. There is no overt. It's more covert. There we go. Um, because, like, That's I mean, fair. you're totally encouraged. You're totally encouraged to fondle your sub or, you right. know, do a playful but squat in the But at the same time, you're not going to put good. them on a spank horse in the middle of your, right. like, second course of salad. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, food, right? So we're not, we're not intermingling play with food. No, let's so. not do that. that, that that was, I will say, the perk to having a professional caterer was that, um, you know, normally we would have done naked submissive service. Right. But they were like, uh, so this is food service, and I don't want nips and tips anywhere near my food, which is completely valid. No, absolutely. Um, so that's why we opted for a different dress code for the submissives, because typically speaking, when we do these dinners, the subs um, cover their bottom half. 
Okay. And are allowed to wear um, more ornate collars, provided that they don't like hang low, and hair has to be tied back. But no, typically, they're right. barefoot. They're not adorned. They don't wear perfume. Oh no! Absolutely like nothing to take away from the base. Correct. No distractions. No sparkly. You get to be eye candy. Yeah, as a person, not as anything else. Like I don't want your bangle earrings with four drops on them that dangle to your knees. Like that's a distraction and takes away from the point. And that's I mean, and that's the key, right? Well, exactly. Um, and that lets us come full circle to since we didn't get to cover it properly but the ironically the nature of protocol not just in general but there are different kinds like not just leather mm -hmm. versus non-leather but there's also a difference between say play protocol versus non-play protocol only because you don't see as much of it during scene the same way because you're gonna you're gonna handle things differently like during a scene things are different for obvious reasons or should be anyway mm -hmm. and you don't want the same kind of style going on like obviously you don't want your submissive in the middle of play to just drop what they're doing and assume a position unless you're planning to move to that position that's different but exactly right like drop commands are similar that would be instituted in say an everyday life high protocol setting for you would mm -hmm. not apply the same way because obviously you're not going to use them the same it's just not practical no for some, some of it might work within, and there, I'm sure there's blends for people who do that. It's, I think, I think for the daily, if if you if you truly try to maintain a high protocol household on a daily basis, as sexy as that sounds, yeah. like as hot as that is, right? Like, reality let's be very of clear, it's hot as fuck. No one's questioning. Sure. But the reality of having to maintain that type of household and, and run that it's, type of household, yes. it's exhausting and beco it becomes a job in and of itself. Yeah. And so unless you actually have high protocol as a kink, I don't feel it's, it's truly feasible. That's and why that's... I laugh whenever, whenever I hear people say, oh, yeah, I live 24-7. Shut the fuck up. No, you don't. You still Nobody lives at 24-7. You, know, you have a job. You sleep. I guarantee sleeping. you don't, in the middle of work, drop, look at your boss and say, my master no. says it's time to go to the bathroom. I guarantee right. you that doesn't happen. No. No. <laughs> Not no, under my 90, well, let me rephrase. Under 99.9% .9 of circumstances, I'm sure there's that yeah, 0.001% where somebody works for someone who's part of their community or some other weird shit where it works. There's a difference between being out and maintaining protocol at the office. that's rare thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's total real. crap. It doesn't happen. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that, I mean, yeah. So it's, so when you do high protocol events separate from running a high protocol household, right. it will say the stress is higher, especially on the subs. The stress to perform is so much more intense. And so it's, you now have a scene within a scene. Yeah. I mean, it's basically what's happening. And so it's extremely hard, you know, it, and it's not, and let me That's why I laugh when people are like, oh, I'm into high protocol. And I'm like, are you sure? Let me highlighter sure label that with a big neon sign for the dominance yeah. listening who haven't processed it entirely yet because we're still working through how high protocol works. High mm -hmm. protocol is the single most exhausting, responsible level you can achieve as a dominant and requires a metric fuck ton more work than your dynamic yep. already has. 
hundred percent. Let me be very clear about that. To maintain it regularly is a fuck ton of pain, sweat, and effort. If it is into something you want to pursue and can, don't get me wrong, go for it. I think Mm -hmm. it's sexy as fuck. I completely understand. But I'm also well-versed in just how much work is involved to maintain it on a daily basis. Because I had that, I wouldn't call it a luxury now. But in my early 20s, when I was still attending a household, it was a lot easier to do when you're inside household walls a lot, when you're not at work. It's a little easier to maintain a certain level of protocol on a nonstop basis when everyone in the building, so to speak, is the same way. That's also uncommon. In fact, it's less common now than it was then. Hmm. So to maintain that with any kind of controls that are subtle enough to pass everyday muster for going out in public... Mm-hmm. Oh, God, the responsible work involved. It's so much work. It's worth it. And I'm one of those sick bastards that can do it. But it's a lot. Choosing what's going to work for what situation, making sure you mm-hmm. can negotiate with each other properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that shit. Yeah, because it's, it's easy. Kind of like in everything kink, right? It's easy to get so wrapped up in a specific thing that the rest of the world fades away, which is partially why we do this. We want that immersion. You know, we want to be, even as dominance, it's fun to be able to check out and hyper-focus on something like that because that's how we get to check out. But with high protocols specifically, it's, and this is why I liken it to that Downton Abbey type of mentality because it's not, it, it is work. It's not a natural state of being. Right. It's not the way that most people are programmed and conditioned to think and behave. And it's ex- it can be extremely restrictive, which for brand new submissives, that can be really difficult. Yeah. You know, I know, I know like, like, so the dinner that we had, we had classes leading up to it. So people understood what type of service was expected. I mean, you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to train them because people can't perform if you don't train them, right? Right, exactly. And for an event like this, I you're now putting that them on kind display. Of the whole point of why we call it training. <laughs> no, but true. But the other thing too is is they're now on display to community dominance. They're on display to their fellow submissives. Right. And so, to me, I think as as the person hosting it, especially, we have a responsibility to train them how to behave so that they don't make yes. an ass out of themselves, or that they feel more confident so that they shine. Absolutely. Now, it's you don't invite a submissive to a high protocol thing with the intention of shaming them unless they truly need a nasty lesson in humility. Um, not I've only had one person I've had to do that with. But, you know, the submissives that, that came out for the dinner, all of them approached it with an air of humility. All of them had a willingness to learn. You know, That's and because awesome. they, you know, in a way they're learning our specific protocol too, right? Not just general high protocol because no general high protocol really exists. Um, but they, they got to see it in practice because I'm a firm believer in OJT on the job training. But just to, <laughs> as a dominant, there's the glee of seeing the terror in their eyes as they approach the table. But also the joy in their eyes when you say, thank you, that's well done. You know, especially, or, you, know, yeah. you know, especially on something that they're so terrified to perform. Well, especially when they're literally presenting themselves more so in a naked environment, but even in a clothed environment, mm-hmm. like you are presenting yourself in perfect poise and operation in front of your dom and what they consider their peers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So you are under this microscope, even if it's not a full microscope, it feels like one. Yeah. And yeah, it absolutely that that redeeming moment of thank you, that was excellent. Or absolutely. something similar is more mm-hmm. is an even bigger joy button than it is already for many. And like, that and that's the thing, the pleasure of service, right? And service for service sake. And it's the one right. time I've seen that people can do 100% pure service and get immersed in it and lost in it and still have a sense of accomplishment. I mean, and that's, and I think that's the key because, you know, at the end of the day, if it was just all work and correction and things like that, just because it happens to be at a kinky place doesn't make it inherently kinky. No, not the slightest. You know, which is why you see a lot of high protocol places at people's homes. They, they turn into house parties, you know, but, but yeah, well, yeah, you're right. I, I did post pictures in the chat. You're right. They're there. <laughs> I thought I had, but so yeah, just to highlight it, if you scroll up in the selfies chat, I dropped. If you really want to know, go do some homework. It's not hard to scroll up. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's not. I made, I made sure that they're visible. So, right. Um, um, let me come back full circle for the for the people who may have fallen, you know, tripped, fallen, and somehow ended up on Spotify on this podcast episode for the first time <laughs> um, versus anybody who actually is familiar with the term. Protocol specifically, as a bare bones definition BDSM, just so we have it in there and, you know, for those that don't actually know what it is, even though they've heard the term thrown around like candy. The essential boil down of protocol is a means of a rule set of behaviors or actions specifically Mm -hmm. that bind you and your submissive together. That is the bottom line of it for the purposes of protocol and BDSM is it's rule sets that bind, for lack of a better way to put it, binds the fantasy of your dynamic together stronger because Mm -hmm. everyday life, like we just said, 24 seven is not really a 100% accurate thing unless you're a submissive that lives at home and is unemployed. Let's be honest. That is such an uncommon percentage of the population these days that it's a fantasy by itself. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to talk about that application here because it's not the norm, but for the everyday people, you have jobs, kids, friends, events, shopping, where you're out in vanilla world and you just kind of have to cope because it's not like you can turn to your partner and call the master in front of 50 people and not get looks. Right. Some places you might feel comfortable getting away with that. Let's be honest. Most of us can't. <laughs> Protocols not are many people can... taking that everyday hullabaloo and background noise and allows you to tune some of it back out to reinforce what you have together. Whether it's leather protocols, whether it's kink protocols, play protocols, all of the above for those that are able to do that. But kids, it's a huge one. It absolutely is. Because you can't just turn it on and off like a switch when there's kids running around, especially young kids. Mm. Like, it's not that simple. (laughs) When the five-year-old jumps in your lap, you don't have time to worry about switching. It's and and that's that's the thing too is even even like for our situation we have a live-in slave. Um, there are days you have to relax the high protocol. You do. It happens. 
you know, well, when you're when your submissive comes multiple levels as a result. <laughs> and and that's and that's the thing is I would say because I know this to be true in my house, but the reality is as many people that say, no, I run a high protocol household, reality is they probably are operating at more of a medium level yes. protocol because you have to still live. Prime right. example. Prime example. Your slave comes home and has a shit day at work. Do you think automatically throwing in them into their tasks is somehow beneficial? The answer is no. You no, know, when she comes home already. and she's absolutely she comes home and she's clearly overwhelmed, you know, tears in her eyes or anything like that, the human side of you should kick in first, and the dominant side of you should kick in. Um, and oftentimes those are pretty simultaneous, but it should still happen. And so for me to wait for her to get home, set her stuff down and go, all right, go get the firewood because, you know, we need firewood. Go get this. I need you to go do this. Here's here's the things I need you to do before dinner. Right. That is such an inhuman and unethical way to view well, what she's actually work. giving to the house. But no, it's not sustainable. Because she can't maintain that mindset that long. It will shatter her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's just rea- like a, a great example. I can use my own situation as an example, not in a bad way, just the truth. We have three children. She and cannot come home from work with three kids up in her business because they haven't seen mom all day and turn mm-hmm. that mom voice off and act like a perfect slave. And it wouldn't be fair to expect her to. That's not human. That's not functional. It's not like her kids can vanish off the planet all of a sudden. You know, these kids live in our house. They can't just disappear. So they are a part of your life when they're here. Facts. Mm -hmm. So you can't just turn that off or expect someone else to. That's not fair or realistic or ethical to anyone involved, including yourself, to even think that's a reasonable request. It goes back to the responsibility of, and this is... This is something I've been meaning to hedge on anyways. We have to get sometime soon into the responsibility of a dominant as a whole, as a whole entity, as an episode. I want that. Yeah. Oh, no. Hands down. We need, because we it's need probably the biggest yes. part of BDSM that people don't fully understand the depth mm-hmm. of. And I'm not saying that most people are posers or any of that. We're not going to get too deep into it right now. But it's most of them don't understand just how deep that rabbit hole goes until they've had years and years of experience specifically mm-hmm. with good submissives who respond to good dominance. And I'm not saying that means that a five-year person can't figure it out, because I would never say that. You know, some people are figured shit out faster than others, depending on context. But the reality is, it is such a depth that you don't understand when you first take the reins. And there's always more nuance that adds to it constantly, every day. I totally agree. That's yeah. I mean, in the chat right now, there's a really good comment. If I'm not in control of myself, I cannot control anyone else. And it's that true. Is absolutely true. Because then it's abusive, in my opinion. That that's when you start treading that fine line of abuse because you're not you're not in control. So you've lost focus of why you're doing it. It's like why why right. why do we have protocols if it's going to change at at the drop of a hat with your emotional state or well, right. Protocols are there to set you up for failure. I hate that. Right. It's just not as, and, and what submissive is going to be like, yeah, I totally want to feel like I fucked up every day. That's hot. But no one ever. 
you know, <laughs> it's just not, it's just not a good way to be. But yeah. I think, I think the other thing too is high protocol. I said it earlier. It's so radically different from person to person. Oh yeah. Um, there's a lot of good representations in media of how, how high protocol ends up looking to an outsider. But what high protocol means to the individual person is really, really different. Oh, it, um, it's absolutely individualized, hands down. Because the high protocols are tailored for that specific dominant, right. typically speaking. You know, like, you know, we've, we've touched on this in the past of like eye restrictions, speech restrictions, things like that. That's not necessarily high protocol. It is no. a protocol. The high protocol part of that is when you're allowed to speak. Right. When you're allowed to make eye contact. Um, you know, something as simple as expressing that you need your dominance attention without being obnoxious and walking up and saying, I need to talk to you. No, things like that. Like that would be the high protocol part of it. Um, well, and I, I want to take a moment to, to broad stroke over just for the sake of, because obviously this is predominantly about high protocol. I don't want to spend too much time on the other, but just mm -hmm. for those that don't actually understand that there's a difference or other options, so to speak, um, yeah. We do have low and medium protocols for the purposes of, or, you know, as we call it, vanilla, which is no protocol. But even mm -hmm. in low protocol, like, the differences are, like, subs are expected to use your normal name because you're in an environment where they can't call you master, sir, whatever it might be, depending on circumstance. They can ask questions of you and talk to you directly without hesitation. They might be able to walk with you holding hands or a number of other things where it's less visibly obvious that something is going on. Mm -hmm. You know, a vanilla friendly kink, as it were, for lack of a better way to yeah. describe it, where there's a lot more loose responsibility on both of you to act a certain way. Whereas medium protocol is probably closer to what most people have in their everyday home, depending on obviously kids and other things and if they live with other people. But in most cases, that's where you'll find walking protocols will often be in place. Um, and we'll cover that when we talk about protocol differences and whatnot. But um, that's when you start to see it is like sit, you know, walk two feet behind me or walk next to me and not in front of me or whatever it case may be. Um, many cases it involves maintaining eye contact or being within eye contact of your dominant mm -hmm. anyway. That's um, a big one. In fact, these are the kind of protocols I've seen people use at the store where mm -hmm. they have the ability to interact and greet other people like they're not allowed to not communicate. It's not a forbidden to communicate with the outside world, but it's limited. Because the primary point is you stay within the range of your dominant, you follow certain protocols, you, you know, assist where needed, but you're not immune to the people that are going to be going about and will be talking to you or saying hi, because you can't just ignore them. <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, but then you get back to where we're at in the first place, coming full circle to high protocols, which is when <laughs> things really deep dive. Mm -hmm. And... I won't try to pretend there's an exhaustive list we could go to because there's no universal list of protocols um, because they are very much highly tailored to individual pairs, pairs, triplets, whatever your particular polycule may enact. Let me just cover that for the you know handful of people that are doing like four person dynamics. I'm sure they exist. And if they manage to pull it off, more power to you. Uh, <laughs> but. Like, there's no exhaustive list because it is customized. 
So there could be anything from maintaining a lack, you know, maintaining no eye contact, for example, or requiring permission to speak. You know, all the things you've thought of when thinking of high protocol, whether it's, you know, don't turn your back on your dominant or asking permission to use the toilet or, you know, always be prepared for presentation is a normal one. Never eat before you're dominant. One. That's that is definitely one that, that gets me. Yeah. Like, if you if you haven't seen me starting to drink or eat. Yeah. Oh no, that's <laughs> a just, yeah. Just bad hosting. Right? You know, like it's, it's very cringy in in a group setting. No, absolutely. Especially if your guests haven't eaten first either. Oh my like, god, no, right? Don't do it. Don't do it. Just wait. You can, as a human being to a human being, like take the protocol out of it and just be vanilla people for like three seconds. I know mm -hmm. that hurts for some people, but bear with me. Um, you know, at the end of the day, okay. it's a host being a host to other people. Do not eat before mm -hmm. your guests. If someone has never said that to you somehow before today, now you know that. That is a thing you mm -hmm. know. Please respect it. It will make you a better human being for when people come visit you for some reason. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's kind of the key too, right? I mean, it's, you know, again, that to me falls under setting up the other person for failure. You know, right. like when you start making it feel that uncomfortable that other people are looking around like, hey, what, what the fuck are we doing? Well, that's, you have to admit you might have screwed up somewhere. Well, and that's like actually Vegan just had a comment in the channel about when you're super high oh. protocol and going out in vanilla. You can't do yeah. high protocol in a full sense in vanilla. You will get no. looks. You will get issues in some cases. Mm -hmm. And it makes people uncomfortable because it because th this is my well, they, thing. Like he said, you can't consent for starters, which is absolutely true. And we've we've voiced before about not having vanillas forcing their kinks on people or people forcing their kinks. Other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there, there is absolutely no reason why people should be engaging in overt BDSM and non-BDSM spaces. I think that's just trash behavior. It's not advocacy. It's not, you know, getting people to understand. It's, it's literally doing nothing but making you look like an asshole. Um, oh, God, yes. <laughs> I, and I will maintain that till the cows come home. And I say that bluntly and I say it cursing. But it's true. Because it's so disgusting to me. No, it absolutely Because these is. things don't need to be common. You know, I'm sorry. Kink doesn't need to be common. Kink doesn't need to be front and center with all of your interactions. Um, Kink-centered interactions belong in kink spaces. You know, and so I'm, right. I'm very, very, very particular about that specific thing because I just... And, and I will yeah. call out other kinky people when I see that kind of behavior. No, absolutely. In a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, harsh. no, don't do it. Hmm. Like, but it, there are ways to be high protocol in public oh, absolutely. and not be overt. Well, that's really now, the key element, isn't it? It's about being overt or not. Like, don't be overt in public. That shouldn't be mm -hmm. That shouldn't be needed to be said at this point, but just so that it is said anyway. You should not be overt in public. That's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, like I was just wrapping up with the inside the chat, you know, you can be removed from your vanilla community in some places still for doing things like those. It's not worth the oh, risk. Yeah. Is it less common than it was even 50 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. It but is. it can happen. 
And even if they don't make you move away, imagine how much fun you'll have when you are basically unwelcome anywhere you go in public. So I love telling the story. (laughs) I I love illustrating points with bad behavior I've seen in person. Oh, God, yes. They're such great examples. So (laughs) going to kinky conferences is fun. And going to kinky conferences is usually an adventure for so many different reasons. Um, I can't tell you how many couples make up, break up, and do everything in between while, you know, having three days at a conference. It's fucking amazing. But when when these conferences are held, they're at hotels. Of course. They're typically still open because it's very rare for a conference to take out the entire building, right? It doesn't typically happen. There's very few places that pack in the numbers to do it, an entire type thing. So you, you know, I, and I've seen it at a lot of conferences that offer like an after party and stuff like that. Yeah. People absolutely forget or simply don't care. They're interacting with staff. Right. They're interacting with casual observers and things like that. So they don't wait to get behind closed doors for whatever activities or conversations to be had. They're not being careful or mindful of you know, casual overhearing. And I have seen several conferences get kicked out of spaces because their en- attendees were that blatantly disrespectful. I believe it. And Absolutely. yeah, and it's, and it's always embarrassing. Right. I mean, I, there, there was a really large one in Vegas that just recently went through some problems because of that behavior, because uh, one of the dominants thought it would be funny to make their slave crawl on their hands and knees with leash and collar from their hotel room down to the main ballroom where the uh, classroom type stuff was being held. I, in and of itself, now in and of itself, I will say this, staff overlooked it because they were like, yeah, well, we know what kind of people are here, you know. I was going to say, it's a it hotel is. environment. They, they're they used to weird shit. Like, that's fair. They're to used to point. weird shit, to, especially at night, right? right? But this was a daytime event. This was during the day. Um, there were children present. There were families coming yeah. and going, you know, airport shuttles. And it just was blatantly fucking disrespectful, you know. And I've seen people that get dressed head to toe in latex, the same kind of thing. They're, you know, fully all gussied up and being as adorable as could possibly be for a kink space. But you still have to get from your hotel room down to where the event is happening. And they're yes. not mindful of that cover up. Like you would be coming in from your car and going into a club. Right. They weren't, they weren't mindful of any of that. And so, and the other thing too is um, I was at another conference where there was an extremely loud conversation happening on the patio next to a pool that was not an if you knew, you knew. It was very clear what they were talking about. They were being very descriptive. Oh, and geez. they're sitting next to the pool like it was a private island. Now, I respect that they felt safe. Absolutely. I'm right. glad that the environment was such an inclusive one that they were willing up to for share. A BDSM but... getaway, it was, still it was trashy behavior. Non kink friendly mm-hmm. people, and you need to act like it. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, how about just common courtesy for people that are not involved? If they wanted to be involved, they yeah. would be, and it'd be a moot point. But they don't get that choice out in public, especially for like, like vegan had a great example even then. What about for those people that work staff that are technically minors? Mm-hmm. You don't want to play with that game either. Let me assure you. 
not even a little bit. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the key, right? So I, you know, personally, personally, on on my own, um, I have a hard time with some of that because it's it comes down to that's your dynamic, that's between you. I am not a part of your dynamic. No, and and I never asked to be a part of your dynamic. Right. So I don't think it's fair, right, or anything else. You know, just to even engage in that level of things, because even even in high protocol, it's still steeped and rooted in respect. It's still steeped in respect, like and rooted in like honor and integrity and all of those kinds of things. And so, to me, you start behaving that way and drawing attention to yourself in a negative manner, you're no longer you know, you're no longer honoring any of those those beliefs no, as to why you would be engaging in high protocol. <laughs> but you really are, and you're disrespecting those around you. you no, know, high protocol is never supposed to be about that. High protocol is about expressing respect, deference. Well, you know. I mean, we can go even further with that because traditional high protocol and protocols in general from the old guard leather community wasn't even like it is today where it was more privatized. It was in everything. When you walked into a bar back then, protocol is immediate. Mm -hmm. And it would be things like chaps would indicate more commitment to the to the community than Levi's. It would be mm -hmm. that detailed. Yeah. Newbies would show up in blue jeans. Nobody else would. That tells you everything about the difference right there, but that was an active setting. And it was about respect. It was if you were ready to take the next step, there was a, a universal of sorts signal of some kind for that community specifically anyway. Obviously, mm -hmm. different communities probably had different forms of this. Um, sure. I knew places where Chaps was a great example, so it works for this. Because um, that was still going on limitedly in certain leather places in Florida when I started. It was already getting phased out because of the whole, you know, more public people coming into those spaces. But... It was if you respected the community enough to know what you wanted to know and get deeper, there was a way to show the respect of I'm ready for what comes next. Absolutely. Because everything was about respect. Every single one. Things like bottoms wouldn't be allowed to own collars until a top has either awarded one or told them you that can wear it now. Literally, that was a regular protocol in some places. It wasn't part of our house, but I knew houses that operated that way. And that's just, it's an example of how drilled down protocols used to be, even for a group entity, not just for individual pairs. Well, so to and, forget and... that, you know, not that it's like that now, but to forget that's where it comes from, mm -hmm. specifically about the respect and honor involved. Is it a service? To me, it is. I, I mean, mean it, it... I, I realize it's relative and I realize it's not individual. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not shouting from the rooftops. Do it our way or else. Like, no, it's <laughs> you're going to have a million individual items that are for you specifically. And that's exactly how it's supposed to be. It's meant to be personal. It's just drawing the point of know where it came from, not because you need to respect it automatically, but to respect what you're doing for yourselves and why it should be important to you. 
don't mm-hmm. do it just because it sounds cool. Like, oh, well, other people yeah. do high protocol. We should do that, too. No, no, please don't do that for yourselves. You're just going to hurt yourselves or get offended or do some damage to each other. Yeah, I well, I disagree because and I and I'll and I'll caveat this. It's a soft disagree. And, and I say that because you don't truly know if you like something until you try it. Fair. So so for me personally, because I've had this happen, people approach me, hey, you know, I've I've heard your podcast, like, you know, I've seen you teach classes, like you talk about high protocol. And so I'm curious about it and I want to try it. And I'm like, okay, are you wanting to try that with me? Or are you just, you know, looking for simple ways that you might be able to like up your game personally? No, no, no. I'd like to, I'd like to try it with you. Like, can I, can I serve you at an event? And I'll negotiate in 30 minute increments. See, I can this work is why. that. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why, because one, I want you to have a taste of it because 30 minutes is, is I think, pretty, pretty good for it to go, hey, this sucks, or hey, I want to know more. Well, and I give them the option you... to negotiate. Go ahead, go ahead. I give them an option to do another 30 minutes after that. And I won't go past an hour because then, like, I'm having to dedicate a shit ton of brain power to you that I may not be ready to do. Right. But, but and I'll tell them. So you're going to serve me at this event. So what that means is you're responsible for my toy bag. You are responsible for keeping water in my cup. You are responsible for making sure that everything is cleaned and sanitized when I'm done playing. And while I'm playing with another person, you are going to sit and or kneel, depending on the person, right? Of right here. You are not participating in the scene. You are not helping. You are literally observing. Right. I will let you know when I need something from you. Your job is to sit there and observe and pay attention. That's it. And then I will start using like hand signals and stuff like that because I use hand signals in, in dungeon spaces a lot. Oh, of course. It's because you can't hear shit. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's just it's just easier. And I let them have that thirty minute taste of holy shit. This is what it's like to actually serve a high protocol dominant. What is, yep. and what does that feel like? Because I want them to feel it. Right. You no. Know? And and it's always fun to watch when they try to anticipate something and you correct them because you're like, I didn't ask you to do that. Oh, but I was just trying to be nice. We're not here to be nice. Yeah. That's not why I have you here. You're here to be a tool. You know, by proxy, you're a tool of mine right now. And so then you start seeing the gear shift and they're like, oh, oh, this is a game changer. Oh, shit. This yep. is a higher level of expectation. Yep. Oh, shit. Yep. I need to start paying attention. And then they realize they've really only been doing about five minutes because there was so much prep that went into it. And they look up like... It's been 30 minutes and like, yeah, it's been 30. Do you want to keep going or are we done? And, and you see like some people get really torn. They're like, I kind of want to keep going because now I'm curious. I'm starting to understand it. And then other people are like, I hate all of this. Oh no, absolutely. And I, I I should have specified when I said it, it's, I don't mean don't try it at all. That was, that was a misnomer. I should have been more clear. Mm -hmm. I would never say don't try it ever. Like that would never happen. Not on purpose. It's more the, if you've tried it and find you don't like it, especially together for the sake of argument, for the sake of your dynamic, let's say you and your girlfriend, boyfriend, both, neither, whatever, you sit down with your houseplant and you talk about how you both feel and you both don't feel the connection from it. You don't feel the link. Mm -hmm. You don't feel the urge or the efforts and it doesn't give you a payoff. Don't keep doing it. 
Exactly. Like, it's as simple as that. Don't, because obviously if neither of you are getting anything from it, don't do it because you think it's the expectation of you from others. And that's the part I wanted to be clear about is don't, don't have this weird misnomer that because you're in a dynamic, you have to have high protocol in it. You don't. Mm-hmm. Your dynamic is your fucking dynamic. End of story. It's whatever you two have decided it should look like. Not what anybody else should look like. And I don't give a damn what they all want. It's not about what I see. It's about what the two of you see together. At the end of the day. May I have different eyes on you, depending on how you behave? Yeah, but you know what? That's not something you should care about. It doesn't affect how you live, and it should. Mm. And I'm saying that as the person who's saying, if I judge you or not, so what? (laughs) You know what? My judgment is irrelevant. I'm not a master in your community. Don't give a shit what I say. If that's not leather, I don't know what is. Don't fucking listen to me unless you want to. I, you know. <laughs> that's probably the most leather thing we've ever said. But it's true. <laughs> like, And I need people to understand that for a reason. Don't ever take mm-hmm. anything we say as this is the gospel way people think about it, especially in leather. Like, not all leather folk even agree, as we've said before numerous times on this podcast. Not anything, damn near anything, is universal in the kink community as a whole. Or the leather community as a whole, because they are separate entities. Other than ethical, honest communication. That is the single link between everything. Everything Mm -hmm. else is semantics. I mean, I know it can drill down further than that, but that is the bottom line boil down that matters when you enter a physical space with others that are not within your private spaces. It doesn't matter if you prefer to wear a duck call when you walk in the house. That's your business. Yes, that's going to sound a little amusing, and I'm going to laugh at you when you tell me about it. I'm not going to lie. But I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't do that or think that that makes you invalid. Never. Mm -mm. Weird, maybe. But you know what? Every fucking kinkster is weird. That doesn't count for anything. Let's be honest. (laughs) I, uh, we had a really interesting conversation the other day at the Leather Happy Hour. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that pointed out is let's be honest for a minute, if we all can, kinksters are all going to follow into a certain category group. We are all going to be some kind of socially awkward, some kind of neurodivergent, some kind of geeky. And you may or may not have all three of those or more. There's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of the point. There's a reason we seek the things we do. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what your weird looks like just because I think it's funny. You know what? I've got weird shit that you probably think is amusing or weird, too. It's okay. We have mutual weirdness for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but that individuality is, is kind of what keeps things interesting. Right. I think that's the key, right? It is. Well, it's part of what I mean, makes it's... it sexy, too. Is everybody mm-hmm. brings their own brand of what they think looks good, feels good, sounds good. And that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't call it freedom of choice for the hell of it. And yeah, like Vegan just said, how weird and boring would it be if everybody was identical? Do you know how boring that shit would get real quick? Yes, Gross. a line of perfect leather is a beautiful <laughs> thing to behold for about five to ten minutes. But if they don't fucking move, that shit's going to get old even then. It may take me longer than others, but it's still eventually going to get old. Oh, no, totally. And I think, I mean, 
That's that's why to me, high protocol is not a one size fits all, and it was oh, never God, intended no. to be. Um, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, well, because I mean, and I've said this before, but even within all of BDSM and kink, people that actually engage in power exchange and have that as a fetish are a small group. Right. And then within that smaller group, you have those that engage in, in high protocol. And and I say that because a lot of people assume when they get into kink, oh, everybody's into power exchange because they use the term dom, sub, top, bottom, whatever. And it's not accurate. You know, a lot of people engage in transactional kink and there's nothing wrong with that. It's It's a short one and done kind of hit it and quit it type thing. Completely valid. High protocol is not so much a hit it and quit it because of how much preparation and dedication and attention to detail comes into it. And so even within those kink spheres, people that engage in high protocol, it's diluted down even smaller and for good reason. No, it is to me, it's, it's not, it was never meant to be the, the spanking of the kink world. You know, high protocol is a very niche fetish. Oh God. Yes. Um, well, yeah. I mean, being I, for one, am glad. To begin with, so. No, but I mean, but even, but even when you take that, that whole sphere of, you know, kink people or kink-minded people or even kink-friendly people, and you drill it down to how many actually engage in high protocol, it is a super, super small number. And I can't stress that enough, how small of a number it is. You know. But I, I definitely feel that um, with a lot of... A lot of the high protocol stuff that you do see out there, I I don't think people really understand the thought process and the consideration that goes into making these protocols and like why they exist. You know, and and yeah, absolutely. Um, the point high protocol is the fetish and the dynamic. Yes, it's like right. It's like writing contracts, right? Writing a contract is its own fetish for oh, some God, people. Oh God, yes, it absolutely is. Well, I see a protocol the same. Even the like this the example you've used, and I've used it before too, is I have had um demo subs or, you know, etc. where I have negotiated like an hour or two of high protocol at an event as mm-hmm. service. But I and yeah, I will negotiate like a freaking champion for those because you and I don't know each other beyond that. Or you may know each other a little bit, but not depth. There's obviously not a relationship there already existing. Right. So there's a level exactly. of depth I drill into for the intensity of how deep do you want this rabbit hole to go for the window you have? Mm-hmm. And I make sure they understand all the boxes that can get ticked that they have options for, because many of them don't know all the details of what they could be in for. And I try to give them a rainbow of flavors, so to speak, mm-hmm. because they don't even know sometimes that they may like, like maybe they like not maintaining eye contact and they didn't think about it or they like not having contact with other people during service, or they may like being addressed a certain way. All of those things contribute, and some people don't surface think about them daily. So having someone negotiate with them for that, I have I think my longest ever was like three hours over the course of a Black Lotus party, and it was an individual who was the demo sub for the night for me. So that was a little different, because it was for the length of the night anyway. But that level of detail got drilled into it anyway of mm-hmm. how far do you want this to go and they did have things that they didn't even know about because they didn't think about on a daily basis when they first talked about it they were like oh that's an option 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I was allowed. No, exactly. And that's exactly mm-hmm. it, though, is they don't unless you talk about it. Because protocol yeah. is such a variable, mutable thing. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. So you're going to have all these different forms and styles and ideas and practices. And they're all valid if they're ethical at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's enthusiastic consent, it's between the two of you. You know, obviously relative to what setting you're in. If you're in public, well, you have to factor for those things too. <laughs> but yeah. you have a lot more latitude in, say, an event, a kink event, especially a play event, where everybody's mm-hmm. already nine times out of ten, there's going to be flesh involved and people walking around and just collars and all of those things that are normal for those spaces. So you have a bit more leeway about what you negotiate with each other. And I've had the difference. I've had people in more normalized, quote unquote, settings negotiate like I want to have some degree of medium protocol practice in a setting that's not specifically a play space. Yeah, exactly. And I've had the other where they wanted the full experience. So they were like, can we do that at the next such and such? Because I want to be able to do this, this and this with this to try how it feels. Mm Yeah, I'm I'm like, I want to test yeah. it. <laughs> you want to run around in nothing but a collar and be called certain names? I can work with you. I don't have a problem <laughs> with that. Trust me. Oh, no. I know, right? Don't feed it. <laughs> Anything but feed it. Don't don't tell me you want me to do things with you that I enjoy. Don't do that. Shh. Seriously. <laughs> Anything but that. Anything but that. <laughs> Seriously, though. Get off my cake. <laughs> No, but it's it is fun, and and I think yeah, we talk we talk a lot about high protocol and how it's a lot of work and all this other stuff, but it's also a lot of fun. Um, there's you, you there's a lot of ways to do self expression and actually enjoy oh, yes. the high protocol and really like dive into it and have a great time. Um, especially when it's not your norm, because I find that it's it's a neat way for people to connect with their significant other and a deeper yes. meaning um, because there's a deeper level of communication needed for high protocol. There's oh, a deeper, God, yes. um, there's deeper restrictions, you know? And so, yeah, any, anybody that's ever worked a service job knows that there's ways to totally brat. Yeah. There's ways to be sarcastic and do all that shit and still technically follow orders. Right. No, absolutely. Um, even for and those so, that enjoy that that saucier side of things, there's still places uh-huh. for it. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's to me, I find I, I have actually found a lot of brats get drawn into high protocol. Um, well, because that's really what most, most of the healthy ones, that's what they're bratting for in the first place, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, looking, they're looking to be, quote unquote, put in their place. And I don't mean that in the sense that the ones that are, you know, ruining it are where it's self-entitled. It's they're bratting because no. they want you to rise to the occasion because they want that snapback. It's the snapback mm-hmm. they're looking for. And exactly. It's a fetish for them. And it's something that if you're into feeding it, you do and you don't, you don't. And there's nothing wrong with either choice. But as a result, ironically or not, high protocol is a great setting for many of them. Because it lets them have that for those brief, whether it's for a day, a week, whatever, the length of a scene. 
they get to indulge in that part of themselves that normally their own snarky attitude prevents them from enjoying full time. Um, <laughs> now it it like it's funny that I bring that up because I'm the one that doesn't like brats, but. I thought that was amusing, but I was going to keep it to myself. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll own it because I'm, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of brats. I, I, it's not. But there's a good reason for that behavior, too, but... and you're not incapable of articulating that. It's not just a blanket. Well, fuck no. brats because brats. Like, no, it's it's not. I I actually, you know, I've enjoyed watching brats interact with their owners, and and it it does amuse me. But I also know myself to know that 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 would not go over well in my household. Right. Um. It's actually something, so so my slave, I was teaching a class, segue, I was teaching a class and the subject of bratting and high protocol came up organically oh in the conversation. Like I didn't even bring it up. Somebody else in the audience did. And my slave is sitting in the back of the room because she was, she had driven in with me for the class. And I just turned and looked at her and I said, how would that work in my home? And she goes, that's terrifying. <laughs> and I was like, no, but, but be honest. And she goes, I... She goes, I can't even, and she's a switch. I'll preface this. My slave is a switch. Right. And she was like, I cannot even imagine even playfully bratting at you. She goes, that thought is actually terrifying. And I just, I was laughing but and I was like, but you, you've got away with some little me. snarky things. You know, like, cause she's snarky. She's got a great snarky, sarcastic wit. Like it's, it's real. She's well, I sharp mean, so sometimes. do you. So I mean. <laughs> no, that's it's a survival skill in my household. You've oh, got absolutely. to be sarcastic. Oh God, yes. You know, hundred percent. But she even said she goes, even as snarky as I might get then, and you give me some leeway. She goes, there's this look you get on your face when I know <laughs> I have I gone too the far. <laughs> <laughs> and but that's like, always true. Like okay. I, I allow a lot more latitude and leeway in that regard than you do. Like I don't, I don't yeah. think Syria would survive your house. I'm not going to lie. Not because she's not got her. <laughs> She has the ability, but she's oh, so snarky herself that it yeah. can't be contained any more than mine can. And I say that as a compliment, mind you, because she couldn't survive me if she wasn't the same level of sassy. Not gonna no, lie. yeah, that's how you like, have I, to compliment. I'm pretty her. hardcore sarcastic in my everyday life. She has mm -hmm. to be able to meet me halfway, or she wouldn't survive it, and I probably wouldn't be here right now. Um, yeah, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. But even then. That's because she has limits that she knows she can't cross and wouldn't cross to be fair either way because she has a certain okay. sense of courtesy. Like there's things that are just mm -hmm. off limits. Like, okay, that would be a bit yeah. too far. Let's roll it back a little bit or just not go there in the first place even a little bit. Well, see, and Vixen is the same way with that. Vixen, Vixen knows very well because, you know, her dynamic with my husband is very different. He's a bratty dominant. So she gets to be playful and do that kind of stuff with him. She just knows where the line is with me, right? So, and it's funny because I've watched her in her other dynamics where she's on the other side of the slash, she is bratty. And so like, it's, it's just, it's so funny to see how that changes with her interactions with different people, you know, and it's also fun to watch how my husband will bring it out in her too, when they're having those kinds of exchanges, because it, right. it is funny. Um, because he absolutely is a brat Don, like 110% brat Don. Um, like we, we used to call him King Brat kind of for that reason. Cause it's, he'll even brat at me sometimes. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, yeah, okay, sorry. 
now that like, I've actually had a more than three seconds to actually know him for a moment um, great. from a little while back, yeah, I can see where it's all coming from, and yeah, I totally get it. He but that's right why we were as a result. But yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but, but to your point of if you and Syria, I mean, this is why Viking and I work because it's like we both know where that line is, and we'll push. Right. Yeah, absolutely, we'll push each other, and then we'll. And when you see the other person's trying to get pissed off or mad, we we kind of look up you like a hug. Yeah. Because the goal isn't to get each other mad. It's not to put each other down or insult. Like, that's never the point. It's playful. It's heartfelt. It's supposed to be. Like, it comes from a positive place. Well, most of the time. (laughs) Well, and and that's why, like, kind of coming back to the high protocol thing, like, in our household, our protocols are different. And so to to have a slave in our household that's colored to the household having to navigate both sets of protocols. Oh, yes. I can only imagine. You know. And she's done it really, really well. I mean, you know, I mean, we're on almost four years together. Which is and, amazing. Hmm? No, it, it is. Absolutely. And it's, it has to be because of her personality of being able to be like water and just go with the flow. Because oh, absolutely. I, I could see how the two of us would make somebody fucking neurotic. Well, and I, um, I've seen households built like that before. Not very often. In fact, it's probably one of the rarer ones, specifically where it's co-dom in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like yours. Yeah. And it's so much more work because, yeah, that person has to navigate two entirely different dominants who almost never have identical forms of dominance, mm-hmm. even more so. But you're still in the same household, so you have to find that common middle point. It means being able to be very, very mutable. Hi, my hat is off. Let me tell you, <laughs> I couldn't do well, it. I have no shame. And it's and we all just got lucky with the the different personalities, you know. And it's you know with her, I think her past experience before coming to us was helpful because she's served couples before. You know, she's dated couples before, so that yeah, you know, that for, make a she, she had a, a foundation and a basis, right? So it did make it simple. But you're still having to learn two different people, two different protocols. You know, getting to know us as a well, couple, and getting to know us individually. It's like playing right? life on expert mode. Like, let's be honest for a minute. You're, oh yeah, you're already talking about entering a polycule with a couple, mm-hmm. and all of you finding an ethical means of that working. That's already a challenge, and I don't think enough people understand that by itself is a challenge because you don't want to be unicorn hunters. You don't want to be unethical. You don't want to be part of that category that most poly folk look at a certain way because obviously that's never the goal. Like the goal is not to have, you know, a non functional human being at your beck and call by itself. There's both sides to that. No. But then you add a layer of kink on it, specifically from two different people. Yeah, it's an absolute challenge. It is very much challenging dating on hard mode, and it it takes a certain kind of person to achieve that. And I don't have a problem owning that I don't know if I'm ever that quite that person myself. I don't think I could do it. And I don't say that lightly because I'm pretty flexible with those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, I I don't don't disagree with that because it's, you know, again, it comes down to is it healthy or not? Right. You know, and if it's not healthy... Why, why are you going to keep doing it? Especially once you're aware. Like, Just and I, yeah, I don't want to touch too deep on the whole psychology of why people continue doing things they shouldn't do. <laughs> right. That's like four episodes by itself. Um, <laughs> and not part of the kink journey by itself either. That I'd want to go into that. I don't want to get into that flame space, let's say. <laughs> I don't yeah. want hate mail. I'm good. Um, 
but the the concerns of living in a non-ethical environment is already hard enough. Mm-hmm. It is. So why it would is. you strive for it? Is what that boils down to. Like you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You because should again, I think strive, that's setting like, people up for failure. You want to be a slave to two people or you know, mm-hmm. any other example that fits a similar norm where you want to be that third person who is the sub, you know, whether it's as a sub citizen, substandard, whatever you want to be the the mistreated third, there's still a level of ethicality that has to go into that. It's not just as simple yeah, as treating is. you like an extra fuck muppet. <laughs> I, I've been using it this weekend for a variety of conversations and now it's just stuck with like me because it. it works. Like it. Fuck up it. Okay. Right? Like just a useless human being that is only basically used, abused, and then thrown in the corner to be forgotten except when needed. That's I not how people should it. ever treat each other. Like that's that's literally the definition of how not to treat a human being. And the opposite of what we want to achieve. Because we want that person to have feelings, needs, wants, functionality. Because how else do you enrich a relationship that's involved in you looking in the mirror at another person? Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm going to throw shade on that one. There, there's some truth to that. Right. Like, I'm not saying it's identical to everybody, but it's. Mm-hmm. If you're not trying to be ethical, your relationship cannot have growth. If you're holding that's all true. the cards and there's no movement or ability mm-hmm. to at least talk about it. And obviously, that's that's another whole. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really trying to dive away from the end of that edge. <laughs> it's it's really hard not to because we do get into those. It's kind of like when we do mental conditioning and commands and such, and we will cover that sometime <laughs> soon too. Yep. Has the same problem, and so does dominance, for that matter, and the responsibility of dominance in general. Mm-hmm. And when I mm-hmm. say dominance, I mean the A N C E, not T S. For those that are listening and can't tell the difference otherwise because I'm speaking. Like, (laughs) that entity, the act of dominance, has its dangers. And that's why responsibility matters so damn much. Because a lot of people do break under that pressure and they start doing Mm -hmm. things they shouldn't. And again, I don't want to get into that deep dive here. But it applies the same way because the same thing applies in protocol. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. It's really easy if someone gives you free license to just do whatever you want. And you take it without thinking because neither of you know better yet. Especially when you don't know where that boundary is yet because you're brand new to it. I think right. that's that unintentional pushing is it's going to happen. Right. I mean, and, and like using, you know, going back to the high protocol part of it, you know, if I, if I induce a specific mindset and I try to have you hold it for an entire evening, weekend. And you're not able to. Yeah. But then I keep imposing it on you as a way of trying to condition you. Because let's be honest, that's what a lot of dominants do. Um, they'll use high protocol to try to reinforce whatever conditioning and behaviors that they want. Um, and they'll, they'll even write it into the contracts, you know, well, which is yeah. why I say setting somebody up for failure, right? But that type of constant change of headspace and not making allowances for moods you know health well, whatever and usually um, that that whole mindset that goes into having decided mm-hmm. that's the way to go is usually from a place of either lack of experience or because someone else has yeah. taught you that's how you should do it right and that's why i tend to call it a new dom mistake because yeah. it's 
I see it more when people are still trying to figure out what are my protocols? Do I have any protocols? Everybody has them. Right. Then they, then they mistake the fact that because I have protocols, now I'm high protocol. Right. And they don't understand the difference. When and it's like the time, it just means you say, sir. <laughs> or just, and don't get me wrong. There's you know, nothing wrong with that being your only primary rule too. Like, again, your dynamic is your business. Like, don't misunderstand. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. But I mean, I that's my, that my first rule. Don't be an asshole. Either. That's all. Well, I mean, I, I say I run a high protocol household and my first rule is don't be an asshole. Well, nothing about that phrase suggests high protocol. Right. <laughs> No, you know? but it, I think if we it's can all agree nobody wants an enforcement, it still counts. Right. And that's, right. I think, the biggest part of that is it's about enforcement and restriction when you get to mm -hmm. high protocol. Even if that restriction is, don't be a dick. Mm -hmm. that it's very simple. Because it's not about what the policy is. And this is mm -hmm. why we say how mutable it is and how it can vary from group to group. It's not the rule itself that matters. It's, is it mm -hmm. restrictive in some way that counts? And is it enforced? Those two things matter. I have a third one that would caveat to that. Go for it. Does the protocol have a point? Yes. Yes. Because that's something I find that's missing. There's a lot of people that talk about high protocol. And they just slap up protocols to just have a shit ton of them. Right. With no clear point behind them. Now, now, granted, some protocols can just be, that's my preference. Totally get it. You know, especially when it comes to how your submissive dresses, you know, like when you're in service to me and we're having a high protocol, clearly defined high protocol interaction, you will wear X, Y, Z. Completely fine. That's a preferential one. I'm down. Right. But if, if I say that you have an eye, an eye restriction, you are not to make eye contact with me. You do not look above my chest. Your eyes should never go up higher unless I command you to look at me. You do not look other people in the eye except fellow submissives. And even then, keep your head down. You know, like, the reason I'm giving that kind of a command is either, A, I'm trying to teach your ass some humility because you're going to be around submissives that know more than you, and I right. want you to be respectful, or B, the point behind that protocol is that I don't want focus on you. Because the interaction and whoever I'm entertaining, it's about me and that person. And you are, again, a tool for that interaction to go smoothly. And it's just to reinforce that mindset of servitude. But I don't enact protocols just for the sake of having a protocol. Like all of mine have a goal or some or, or moving the interactions between my submissive and I to a point. Now, and, and, and in explaining these protocols to whoever's serving me, I can explain what that point is, why I'm using it as a vehicle, because some people need that justification. You know, that's what breeds the obedience, right? Right. Well, never mind that it should be a negotiated thing in the first place, because... Right. And submissives should be asking, why is that a protocol of yours? Why are you particular about that thing? just importantly, is that protocol something that I like or feel a certain way because mm -hmm. of? Because that's Am I okay half the point, it? too. Like, no, not all of them yeah. will be. Sometimes they will be, well, I'm serving my dominant, so this is a rule. And obviously there's nothing wrong with that either if it feeds mm -hmm. your need and you're comfortable with it. But the other side to that is, are you getting something from it? Does it make you feel or think a certain way? Because if you're getting nothing out of it, then at least talk to your dominant so that they understand that and can adjust accordingly, even if it's mm -hmm. a... 
well, if you still don't have a problem doing it, I like it, so we'll just keep doing it. Even that discussion still is a discussion that needs to be had. Mm Because that way you are at least consenting to it in a way that is clear for both of you. And that's the key, right? It's, I mean, it's, yeah. there's still, even, even within those spheres of contact, you're going to have consent. You're going to, and to me, if I want a lasting, meaningful protocol and I want to enact a lasting, meaningful change with that submissive, you do need to explain to them why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Because otherwise there's going to come a point. They're like, why the fuck am I doing this? This is stupid. And I'm not doing it anymore. It's all because you didn't communicate what your wants and desires were as a dominant. Which you should be. <laughs> which you should be. But that's but that's one of those we had in the chat we were discussing, you know, accountability and self-reflection. That is one of those things where I think as a dominant, you can point to it and go, so I failed here. Because you're right, I should have clarified to you why that mattered to me. Because had I justified it, you'd have said, oh, that's an easy thing for me to do. No problem. But because I didn't do that, it became a pain point. You know, and, and now here we are experiencing other issues that could have been avoided because of that miscommunication, you know? Right. No, absolutely. Especially when it comes to events. Well, now, I, and I use events, I use events as an illustration on purpose because I do engage in a lot of what I call transactional kink, you know, A for being a femdom, but I do have subs that I can call up for specific things because they're good at very key specific things. So I know if I'm going to a high protocol event that is going to be femdom based with male presenting submissives, I've got two that I can call on that I know I need you to serve me at this event because it the specific demographic. Right. You know, I have, you know, other other things that, you know, I have my slave accompany me to because I know there are things that she mutually agrees and likes. So I, I bring her to those events. Um, you know, I've got some spaces that no men are allowed that I operate in. And so obviously I'm not going to bring one of my male submissives, <laughs> you I know, mean, that would be awkward at least anyway. <laughs> it'd be awkward for them, not for me, but you know, so That's of course true. my slave accompanies me into those spaces, but there's also certain functions that like I know she has zero interest in, so I'm not going to drag her through hell and high water to force her right. to come with me well, of course. when I can find somebody who I know actually has an interest in that. You know, so like I have the luxury of being able to call on specific people for specific things, um, you know, and they know they'll get an email. I need you to be ready by this date, by this time. Here's what you're going to be wearing. Here's where the event's going to be. Pick me up at this time. Let me know if this is amenable or not. Because I always give them no, the option absolutely. to say no. Yeah. And it works out. You know, just like I have, I have, you know, other folks, like I said, come up, want to do like 30 minutes because they want to experience something. You know, I negotiate that out so that they can do that at a specific party or something like that. And, but that's, again, for me, I make my protocols work for me. I don't make them become the point like even though i say high protocol is my my primary fetish because it is i love it i don't make protocols that are just for appearances right like well, it no, just it's, I, it's one of my top fetishes too and i would be absolutely fucking weirded out trying to put a protocol in place that i don't actually get anything from right it'd be weird that defeats the purpose hmm? <laughs> It's not so that someone else thinks it looks cool. Am I getting something the fuck out of it? 
or is my submissive getting something out of it or both? <laughs> well, cause I have, I have created protocols in the past that did not serve me, but served my submissive. Right. Exactly. Um, Case in point, one of the first ones, and this, I've actually experienced them too, back back when I was still a sub, you know, that dreaded thing that people don't like talking about whenever they've actually been in kink a while. Um, <laughs> I admit shit freely. Um, and I don't have a problem owning the fact that I started as a bottom. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what, I mean, it's how you learn. It's part and of so, my process. Like, I didn't even get mm -hmm. a choice, so... <laughs> I at least had a choice because at the time I thought I was submissive. So it was it was a cute well, experiment. But I didn't it. have a problem with it that way anyway because of the nature of leather mm. at the time frame. So it made perfect mm -hmm. sense to me the way they explained it. It doesn't bother me either way. No, but like I had I had a protocol that my dominant at the time, it did not serve him at all. In fact, he he hated the protocol, but came to understand why it was necessary. And the protocol was when I would come in the door from work. And he was home before me. I was not expected to engage in service until I had uh, either had a shower, changed my clothes, or like came out of the bedroom in what we would call house clothes. Downtime, as it were. It Well, it was my adjustment phase because right. we found that because of my ability to compartmentalize when I left the office and came home... Um, I could compartmentalize how my day went. I could not compartmentalize my attitude. Right. Well, and that's so very common, what would happen? So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it's very common. But the specific protocol we had in place was he would not engage me until I came out of the bedroom and kneeled in the center of the floor. And the reason why we did that, and he hated it because it was like, no, fuck you. You're home. You're on my, you're on my time. But the the reason why it became key is if he attempted to give me orders before I was receptive to them, the side of me he got was not the best. No, absolutely. That's, <laughs> and yeah. It was actually damaging our relationship. Because I would come home and I'd be like, um, so you, you've been home for like two hours. Why didn't you get it done? Like if it was something that needed to be done like ASAP. You know, can I at least put my stuff down? Maybe go to the bathroom, get something to drink, change clothes, and then we would talk about this. And it, it turned into a make or break thing in our relationship at one point. No, that's and not so, a surprise, though. No, no, especially because <laughs> I'm so fucking high strung. Well, so, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. I'll but that's why that protocol was necessary. And that protocol didn't serve him at all. It served me. And I carried that with submissives after that because I realized if they're not receptive to orders, it doesn't matter what order I give them or how mundane it might be or how simple it is for them to perform. If they're not in the ability to receive it, I probably should wait on giving it. Yep. You know, because again, human first, right? Submissive second. So, and that's why, you know, now with our live-in, She's got that adjustment time, and I know until she comes out in her comfy clothes and she's got her glass of water, and she'll usually start it because she'll ask, how was your day? And that's how I know, okay, she's receptive. Right. You know, that's, and that's our, our kind of signal, like, we can begin the evening, right? Because she's, she's now present. Um, you know, or first thing in the morning, you know, I have my coffee, and while I'm drinking my coffee, I ask the both of them, what's on the agenda today? What are the things that we That's have to your, get done? I'm ready to discuss, mm -hmm. negotiate, converse. 
Let's talk about our day. Right. Oh, absolutely. And again, See, those protocols don't serve me. No, but they serve a purpose nonetheless. Yes. Um, it's driven. Yeah. Like I would even go so far as the, the handful of times I've been in vanilla relationships in my life. Um, even I know I agree <laughs> now that I know better. <laughs> I didn't when those existed. Um, but even there now, obviously I didn't have them kneeling in the, on the floor, but the, I would absolutely, even with vanilla partners, the couple of ones that existed, I negotiated a space because as easy as it was for me to feel comfortable in my own home. And so would they, nobody's mm -hmm. headspace after a long day, especially if it's a day where you're working in public service of any kind or customer right. facing service of any kind. At customer service, yeah. Customer facing Absolutely. specifically for a reason. Mm -hmm. But anyone who puts up with other people for a living in any capacity understands when I say, you need a minute when you walk in the door to take your work hat off, put it down, realize that your workday is actually over and you're home and safe mm -hmm. and in your space. Yep. And put that hat on without the heat of the day's day affecting you for your people. Now, if you come home and you're the only one there and you, you know, get high and fire up, you know, GTA 5 and that's your stress reliever, that's your business. It doesn't affect anybody else. Maybe the people right. you play with, but that's different. Mm -hmm. But in an environment where you have a relationship of any kind, whether it's your children, whether it's your partner, whether it's both, whether mm -hmm. there's a slave and a partner, whether there's five of you, whether it's roommates, it still applies. Because it's a psychological thing at that point, above and beyond a kink thing. So I've always ended up negotiating that into almost every protocol that I've ever used in kink as well, just mm -hmm. to bring it back full circle. And I always yep. explain it. It's because when you get out of work or I get out of work, there's going to be a space, whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, where you are not going to be in the headset to deal with me and vice versa yeah in a specific setting space as people sure because obviously if you just get in the door you can't just not pretend someone else is there that's not <laughs> healthy and i've done that before in my life so i could say sure. that with some immunity when i say it really isn't healthy in and of itself no. but taking the other parts of your life that complicate it or compound it shall we say more so than complicated mm -hmm. complicate always sounds bad you don't want those in place immediately because you're not going to be in the right headspace for them, whether you're the top or the bottom. True. And you're going to be doing yourself and that person a disservice, regardless of which side the slash you're on, because you're not mm -hmm. going to operate right. And that defeats the point. It defeats the point of protocols for that fucking matter, since that's the opposite of what they're set to achieve. Exactly. So don't do that to yourself. <laughs> Like, oh, it's setting yourself up for failure. Just it, don't do it. It really is. Yeah, don't like, do it. If you're not receptive, like, I don't, it goes back to what we started with the whole, you know, 24-7 isn't 24-7 unless you're, like, you know, dead inside or unemployed. Um, <clears throat> You know what I mean. But. Dead inside is more accurate than we want to admit. Yeah. I was trying to be nice and gloss over it, but yes. Um, <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> can't fix that one. Um, nope. But no, it's. In this day and age, the way people operate, there is no 24-7 that way. But that's why protocols matter mm -hmm. even more. Yeah. Not because you have to have them, 
Like, let me be because back to what we said, your dynamics, your fucking business, and you make it as loose as you want. That's your business behind mm -hmm. closed doors. If it doesn't affect anyone else ethically, I don't care what you do. That's your biz, which True. is how it should be. True. But if you have them, have a reason for them, and have them serve one of you, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be both, but it has to serve one of you at least with a good reason for it because you want it to make you feel more attached to your significant slash partner mm -hmm. i i just came up with that on the fly it works for the moment um no but there's there's a lot of truth in that it is. I, I think there's a lot of truth in that because that is the point of protocols it's what it was always about it was about binding mm -hmm. about connecting so yeah. if you put something in place that does nothing for either of you you're not contributing to the cause, which is binding the two of you together stronger. Because mm -hmm. that's what it's about. It's so that when you have a large, you had a hard 10-hour day at work, and I don't care if you're a call center operator or a VP of marketing, it doesn't fucking matter in that instance. You just had a 10-hour day. You had a cranky day. You're home. You're hurting. The fuck you going to do some shit that does nothing for either of you? Or would you rather come home to a setting where once you're in the mindset reminds you of the person you serve or are served by? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, isn't that what a power exchange is about? Well, and I think the other part of that is you have to be able to honor the spirit the service is given. You know, I mean, because the part of the pleasure a submissive derives from giving service is having it be received. So it's it's got to go both ways. It's got to, got to, got to. And it's the other person is not going to keep serving faithfully and, and participating in the dynamic if it's just a take, 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 take. You know, eventually that, that little river of well-intended goodness is going to dry up. It just is not a sustainable dynamic. No, it's not. Because it's not doing anything at the end of the day. If, mm -mm, you're not getting anything out of it. There's an old saying that applies universally across everything. At the end of the day, if it's not helping you, don't hurt you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to necessarily help you. But don't do things that would actively hurt you. And that counts hurting your relationship. Any relationship, but especially one built in BDSM. Where all yeah. those emotional intensities are cranked up. Minor slights become bigger when the whole point isn't about that. Yeah. So I the agree. the need to put a noise filter on that, a noise reducer, whatever you want to call it, you know, a white noise background filtration. Cause that's what that is at the end of the day. Protocol is a filter. It's to yeah, filter absolutely. all that background noise back out of your relationship with each other so you can focus on the part that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, if down. you're not enjoying your dynamic, what the fuck are you in it for? <laughs> that is the most pointless thing on the planet. Ego. It's, it's almost always ego. <laughs> uh, even ego can only stretch so far if you're getting nothing from it. I, <laughs> but yes, I, I can't process that idea entirely. I just can't. <laughs> well, because not everybody gets into dynamics and stuff and for the right reasons or good reasons. You know, they think that if they control other people that I'm now, I'm now proving that I'm more in control. 
and those Sometimes. are those are the dynamics <laughs> that I've seen end up with crazy fucking protocols and like five sheets of contracts. That's right? like, but at that point, it's like it's just to. Prove I don't know why point. my submissive left me. <laughs> right. It's because you're doing it to prove a point, and nobody's looking to you know help you mm -hmm. earn your achievement on PlayStation. Nobody I mean, cares about you, though. I mean, because let's be honest, that's kind of what it boils down to at that point. It's like a mm -hmm. sense. It's like an achievement, you know, off of Steam somewhere when you're playing the equivalent of The Sims. This is not The Sims. This is real life. There's no hidden achievement yeah. bar. You don't get a hundred dollar award for completing some insane thing just because you proved you're a bigger dick than everyone else. It's real life. There's no award for that. Get over it. I have a bigger dick than most men, but I was gonna say, and then there's that whole that's a whole different sit, but <laughs> uh, my favorite to this day will always be the the one um pro dom and I can't remember her name now, but she's got these gigantic and I do mean gigantic, like mm -hmm. two, three feet around. I think we've talked about this before, you and I. Yeah. And she's got this gigantic leather dildo set and strap on set beautiful and when she's wearing it she's basically like straddling like she's about to mount a horse and the mm -hmm. thing dangles to the floor uh because it's like you know two to three foot long but it's also a foot thick <laughs> it's so hot it's fucking gorgeous to threaten people with let me tell you it's like oh you want to play a phallus measuring game here <laughs> Well, it's, I've always said that I, I love the dick for the win. I mean... <laughs> no, I've, I've I've always maintained that my breasts are on my chest because had I been given balls, I would not be able to walk straight. That's so valid, though. I always love when I hear that shit. People that know so me true. know that. Because well, I, I people who say it usually deserve balls, it too. Right? I mean, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. But that's but yeah, I mean it's. Right. I mean, if you're if you're into protocol and dynamics for nothing other than self-aggrandizing and your own ego, you're doomed to failure. There's just there's truly no in between with that. That's it's going to be a shitty time for both of you and for however many of you are involved. And right. it's, it's not it's not going to end well. No, and it doesn't solve anything at the end of the day either. Mm -hmm. You're not building anything. And I think that's kind of the other part, too, is with yeah. High Protocol, you're building something. Yes. It's not It's not this weird monolith standing by itself. You know, High Protocol yeah, is a tool. <laughs> you know, it should it should be viewed as a tool, even though it is a primary kink. It's But it's a vehicle to get you someplace you want to go within your dynamic. You know. Even, even when, you know, doing the dinners that I spoke about, like... There's still a reason behind it, and the main reason is building community, you know, or building the type of community that I want to interact with. Right. You know, so there's there's still even even though that that's quote unquote playtime, there's still a point to it. And the submissives that I asked to serve me at those dinners, there's a point to that too. Either right. I've recognized something in them that I know that they're going to get something out of it, or I want them to have an experience so that they can go, yeah, that sucked. You know, but either way, there's a point to it. It's not just protocol for protocol's sake to fuck right. about and give you something to do. Well, and, you know, I've you don't I've use high protocol before, for that. You know, there, there's two kinds of kinksters. There's kinksters who do it for themselves and just themselves. And they go to their, you know, like you said about, you know, like even public play spaces. They take advantage of the play space because it's a play space and then they go home. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of kink. Like, I will never say there mm -hmm. is. There's nothing wrong with I came here to get beat for the night and go home. 
because that's how Beat I get my release. groove on. Go for it. Beat and release. Have, right. Yeah. Exactly. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Yeah. You are just as much a fucking kinkster, even if you never give a shit about the rest of it. More mm-hmm. power to you for enjoying it the way you enjoy it and getting something out of it. Absolutely. If you have any desire to be part of the community actively, mm-hmm. your whole mentality changes, not because there's less for you or you are less than, but the moment you become part of the community actively, it's a different scale of things mm-hmm. because you're no longer just concerned with what you get out of it. And I think that's like the nature of kink is selfish, not in a bad way, but it is. It's self-serving. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. For we do it because kids. we want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's oh, kind of yeah. how it started in the first place. Cause somebody's like, Ooh, I really like this. If it started with you really like this, it'd be a whole different issue. And mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't have gone very far, <laughs> but it's self-serving at its core. Mm-hmm. The whole reason we work as a community is we recognize that first, that they we're in it for us but we're in it for us so that all of us get to be in it for us. Mm-hmm. And that's where the difference in your mentality starts. And it has that's to how it should be. It's you're yeah. working together with other people and being able to help put other needs before your own, no matter what side of the slash you're on. Mm-hmm. And I would even go so far as to be bold enough to say that if you're a dominant, you technically should be more capable of willingness to this. But that's just a personal yeah. opinion, and I'm not going to tell you what to do. While I tell you what to do. I mean, not directly, but, (laughs) you know, you take the reins of being part of the community or try to be involved in a way that is healthy. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have to try to be a community leader just because you joined Kink and like it. Like, that's not the bar for entry of anything more greater than beat and release. It's be a part of the community that is not hurting the community. Mm Mm-hmm. It starts there, that low-ass bar. That's it. That's all it's a requirement to step over the threshold, so to speak. Anything past that is based on what you're able to give and feel strongly about. I didn't start a podcast because I didn't think it was worth the effort. (laughs) I'm not making any money on this motherfucker. Like, this isn't monetized. You don't get ads, as anybody knows who listens to us. Like, we don't have any of that shit at this junction. It's out of pocket because we think it's a good idea. And every so often, now that we've been, what, coming up a year or so of active practice, we get people who come to us and say, hey, I just listened to. And I immediately feel differently about the world because I'm like, that's why I fucking did it. Mm -hmm. It's not about what I'm getting from it. It's that they're getting something from it strongly enough that they feel the need to say something about it. Yeah, right. That's humbling. It is. It's amazing. And that's exactly what I think the community needs is shit like that. Not because that makes me better than anyone else, but because the community grows by us helping it grow. So when I hear shit like that, that's the first thing I think of is like I'm adding water to the plant, so to speak. <laughs> as silly as that so works as an analogy, yeah. it works. If the community is a mm-hmm. tree, this big overarching huge oak that's been growing for thousands of years, it's massive, it's got tree branches in all directions. You know, I, I know it's a little grandiose, but go with it. That was, that was, that was good. But if you think of the kink community as a whole like that, I'm just helping water the roots. That's what I get out of that interaction. That's mm-hmm. why I want to do it, because that tree maintains because we maintain it. 
Otherwise, and, I don't get to have fun with other people because they wouldn't fucking be here. That'd be boring. I've lost track of how many times I tell people, I want you to get to where I am. I want mm -hmm. you to have my level of experience and practice and knowledge. Because it's not, oh, I'm better than you because I know more. No, I want you to know as much as I do so we can all have fucking fun with it and not worry about the stupid <laughs> shit. And I can't no. do that in a vacuum. I can't magically teleport knowledge to your brain. I... I'm going to bring some levity here. You just want to be an old kinkster on the front porch surrounded by other kinksters talking about how it was back in your day. At least that's my goal at the old people home. Yeah, I I try not to think about the back in my day because back in my day, most of the fuckers on, I knew were gatekeepy sons of bitches. Um, I mean, they they still are, but <laughs> a lot of them still are. I mean, this is true. How fun would that be, right? I I want to have a a, a kink only old folks home. I think that'd be great. Dead of candy stripers have submissives. I don't know. I think that sounds fun. I mean, I'm perfectly okay with this environment. I <laughs> just a thought. Maybe that's what I'll do. That, I'll invest my a, money into it. I am kinky down for this project. Home. Kinky old folks. <laughs> fuck yes. Because one day I'm going to have to be there. Right? That's my thought. There's still going to be, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if I'm 80. If I can negotiate and swing, I win. Like, let's be honest for a minute. <laughs> If I can still swing a fucking cane at 80 years old and some hot young nurse wants me to, I am winning the world. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No, I'm in it for the service. But yeah, keep going. Well, I mean, that counts, too. <laughs> it helps if it's eye candy, but it's not a requirement. Come rub mama's bunions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I'm throwing out there. I mean, that works, though. It absolutely mm -hmm. fucking works. Couldn't resist that one. <laughs> like what he just said. I might be replacing a flogger with a walker, but God damn it, I'm doing it. Actually, his comment before that actually cracked me up. He, uh, he started the podcast because you like to hear your own voice. We listen yeah. because Knox brings class to it. <laughs> I mean. So, yeah. Classy as fuck. It's not. I mean, that part is true. I'm not going to pretend I bring class to it. I bring class other places when I actually give a shit. This isn't one of them. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Because it was never meant to be like that entirely the first place. And no. that's that's it. anybody who's known me five minutes, that is not my style of kink anyway. Not because I don't no. enjoy it in practice, but I prefer it in practice behind closed doors, not everywhere. Yes. And that's just because it's a lot harder to get people to do everywhere, and I just get hyper-focused on why they're fucking it up. Which serves <laughs> nobody. I can be honest in that regard. Well, that's your version of get off my lawn. Okay. It, it's <laughs> get off my cane. <laughs> Get off my sawhorse, whatever. Um, it's not oh, wrong, God. though. Like, that's the one place oh, where I would say that I'm a little bit gatekeepy is in the sense of if you get 50 people together, you're not going to get the cohesion I'd require for that level of formal to work. And mm. because I am the way I am, it would piss me off, personally. You can see that. But that's why I don't bother to try, because I know ethically that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> My moral responsibility states I need to do this. I know I'm cross. not the one. first. <laughs> exactly. No. Again, beat and release. Figure it out. Um... 
word. A word. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts to wrap this up? Um, I think got to ask you first. Everything. Yeah. yeah, right. Had to happen sooner or later. Did. No, I don't have anything other than what we usually go with at the end of the day. You know, it, if you have questions, if you don't hear something on this podcast or any of the previous ones that you really want to ask about, I'm on just about everything these days. You can obviously <laughs> find me on fucking Discord. You can find me on Facebook. Well, not on Facebook, Facebook, the darker Facebook. Um, <laughs> actually, we're not monetized. It's not like it fucking matters. It's on FetLife. Um <laughs> they can't hold me to that one. This pretty sure I'm pretty sure John's not going to bitch about plugging Fet Life. Uh, no, especially considering I'm not getting any money for it. Um, right. <laughs> that may come one day, but that day is so far in the future. I ain't worried about it today. Um, I already have a lifetime membership. I'm fucked. Yeah, well, some of us do that kind of shit. I, <laughs> I just can't afford it when it matters. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I, People, for the most part, know how to get a hold of me. For fuck's sake, there's a website for the damn podcast. It's only there, so there's links to get a hold of us. Like, I mean, <laughs> we are so easy to find if people want to find us. Yeah, just and have that's to the want. Bottom it. Line. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have questions or you want to know about something or you think there's a topic we haven't covered that you really want covered soon, I'm even willing to negotiate oh. with that to a point. You know, get a hold of me. Simple as that. I'm always open to hear what people want us want to hear more about, or if there's right. something they're curious about. I, I always want to know that stuff. Totally open to suggestions. Well, and that's exactly what that is. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, we have knowledge of we are going to cover X, Y, Z over the course of however long it takes to get it all out. Mm-hmm. But there's no like. <laughs> We're not so type A that there's like a list from a year ago with like 70 episodes on it and topics in order. We're not quite there. We're pretty malleable about what comes next because that makes more sense and it's Mm -hmm. more fluid. So if there's something you really want to know about, you absolutely can talk to us about, you know, bringing Mm -hmm. something up sooner rather than later if we haven't covered it yet. And we will absolutely Absolutely. entertain it. That's kind of the point. But for today... (laughs) Final thoughts with the Salt Father and Imperatrix Knox. Uh, <laughs> like Jack Handy, but not. I mean, it, it would be more interesting if he was, but Jeez. do what we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, my friend. All right, y'all. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for those of you that are listening live. Thank you, especially those that have chosen to come to the server and listen live. But thank you to everyone out there on Spotify, RSS, Apple, whatever you are listening on. You are literally the reason I bothered to do this. Not the sound <laughs> of my own fucking voice, whatever Woody says. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling that a sound if he's going to fucking throw me under the bus, God damn it. Anyway. Totally fair. Totally fair. Everybody have a <laughs> wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye.